Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina. Joining me, as always, is Derry Field AD and boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you doing? Doing pretty good, Joe. Another week closer to, to normalcy here. We just, as I told you, we just finished up doing uh, middle school cross country scheduling. So, <laughs> another sign of things getting back to back to normal. Got to get those cross country schedules in in, in April. It's yeah, imperative. It's, it's, it's got to do it now. <laughs> So uh, this season, uh, we'll be posting the podcast at nh-highschoolsports.com on Thursday mornings. Uh, so mark that down in your calendar if you haven't. Get get uh, to listen in Thursday morning. Uh, and as always, you can send us your questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at nhhsports. Uh, and as, as you listen to this, there's about nine days left to sign up for a lacrosse membership. Uh, you get to choose between one of two levels this year. Uh, one we're doing that's just stories uh, on the website that you'll have access to, and the other one uh, not only uh, gives you that, but also includes a copy of both our lacrosse preview magazine uh, and the Boys and Girls Lacrosse Yearbook at the end of the year. Uh, so you can go to the site, click on the membership tab at the top, and get some more info and sign up there. All right, short and sweet. Uh, let's get right into uh, right into it this week. Uh, Want to just roll right into our uh, uh, college lacrosse highlights? Yeah, absolutely. A little, little busier weekend than we had the weekend before there. So we had, we had some, uh, we had some great uh, updates from our, our D1 guys there. Uh, you know, a name we hadn't mentioned in a little while, got back in the box score, uh, Cole Brahms from, from Fort Smith, our good friend out there, playing out in Utah. They had a, they had a one-goal win over BU. He was instrumental in, in holding down the faceoff X for them, going over 40% on the day. So good to see Cole doing well again. Um, you know, we had a, uh, we had another, uh, uh, Bryant update. So Ben Abladian continues his fantastic freshman, uh, campaign here. He had two goals. Mason Druin chipped in with an assist and Nate Liberty went 63% at the X, uh, but it wasn't quite good enough as the, uh, the Hobart fighting Max Hortons, Max Horton, my, my former defenseman there got on the field, got some, picked up some ground balls and got some good playing time on the defensive end there. They won, uh, 11, 10 over Bryant. So some good, uh, New Hampshire, uh, New Hampshire action going on there. And uh, A.J. Fox continued his stellar play, again, over 60% in the uh, in the cage for Holy Cross as they picked up a win over Lafayette, 10-7, to had 11 saves in the win. Um, again, I can't stress enough, 61%, you know, for this day and age in, in college goaltending is, is pretty remarkable when, uh, you know, some of the top guys are saving 40 50% at the time. So congrats again to A.J. on his continued hot start there. Uh, Timmy Hendricks down in Providence chipped in with a goal. Unfortunately, Villanova got the best of Providence over the weekend, 13-6, but Timmy's still doing well. Uh, our friends out in Merrimack had a nice, uh, win over LIU, 14-10. Uh, Brennan McGinnis picked up an assist and Drew Haley got a goal. And then finally, uh, our friends down in, uh, Chapel Hill down there dropped a heartbreaker to Duke earlier after we had taped the podcast, 12, uh, 12 11 uh, but Zach Tucci had a goal and assist and uh, went over 40% at the X. So some really, really good results from our from our guys playing at the D1 level this weekend. I want to, uh, yeah, that you mentioned the Merrimack too there. And, and uh, I, I'm surprised you you, you uh, didn't mention I, Henry Vote there. Uh, I did. I totally forgot. Henry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I totally forgot you, buddy. I, uh, you know, another, another picks up another W in the net for them. 
and uh, and he ends up getting the uh, the NEC uh, Rookie of the Week award. Uh, that as well. I didn't know. Congratulations, yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. Pick that up as well. So he's having a, a tremendous season. I think he wasn't the starter in the, at the beginning of the year, was he? Or he was sharing time. I he was think. not. Was... No, he uh, yeah. he got put in the second game of the season, and so far hasn't hasn't looked back. So we had we had heard rumblings that he was playing really well in practice there, and just needed an opportunity to get in. And uh, so since then, he's he's done a great job. So. Congrats again, Henry. Henry, I'm sorry I forgot you, buddy. But uh, but we're watching. Good work. Well, well let's go from uh, from the Merrimack men uh, to I want to mention a game uh, actually with with uh, the women's teams of two two schools you mentioned there, uh, Merrimack and Bryant. Another game that uh, you know that that happened uh, right after I think we recorded last week's show. Uh, you know, Bryant picked up an 18-10 win over Merrimack, uh, and two of the leading scorers in that game uh, actually. Uh, some New Hampshire alum uh, for Bryant, Emma Lindquist of uh, Wyndham, had three goals and assists in that game uh, to help Brian get Bryant get the win. And then on the other side for Merrimack, you had uh, Winnicunnets, uh, or former Winnicunnets standout, uh, Megan DiZallo. Uh, she finished with five goals uh, for Merrimack in that game. Uh, and also uh, Taylor Darrell, who's also uh, a New Hampshire native, uh, also had a goal for Merrimack in that one. And then uh, Bryant turned around and actually played uh, Wednesday night. Um, seems like one of the one of the few teams uh, that you know we've got some some locals on that w- that's been able to get some games in. I, I feel like there's been a lot of postponements on the women's side uh, among um, you know, teams that we're we're looking at are having a lot of their games postponed. But uh, Bryant played Wednesday night. Uh, unfortunately, came up uh, short, uh, 12-11 against Sacred Heart. Uh, Lindquist had a goal in that one, but then on the other side, uh, for Sacred Heart, uh, we mentioned her a couple times earlier in the year, uh, Bella Beaton, former, uh, Merrimack goalie, uh, had a big game in that one, getting the win, uh, for Sacred Heart, making 13 saves in that one, and she's been, uh, the starter for them, uh, pretty much throughout the season, so it's good to, great to see her getting in there, and then, uh, at the D2 level, uh, St. A's, St. Anselm's, uh, has been, Pretty quiet for most of the year because they've had their last four games uh, get postponed. Finally got back on the field Wednesday night or Wednesday afternoon against St. Michael's and uh, picked up a 14-4 to win in that one. Um, you know, Mackenzie Robinson uh, from uh, played at Sauhegan uh, got on the field in that one, got it, picked up a couple brown balls, forced a couple turnovers. And then uh, Grace Young uh, got the win in goal, making uh, only had to make four saves in that one. Uh, so she went to, uh, of course, as a, a Bishop Girton alum. Uh, good to see her getting the win there. And it looks like she's taken over that starting role and goal uh, for St. A's. Nice. Some good, some, uh, some good action there. So you kind of reminded me, you know, I can't uh, forget our, our friends on the D2 side and the boys either. Uh, we got a big, big shout out to Coach Senator and Franklin Pierce. They picked up their first win of the season here. They avenged an early season 7-6 loss to St. Michael's. They traveled up there today and walked away with a pretty dominant 11-5 win uh, there. You know, and uh, Owen McCormick, uh, he, he continues his. He's the second leading scorer on the team, picked up two goals in the win. And, uh, and James Heitmiller also picked up a win between the, uh, between the pipes with 13 saves on the day. So great for those guys, and good to see good to see Franklin Pierce get in the in the win column. Pretty nice there too, uh, too to gate you kind of kind of gauge your progress. I think throughout the season there, right? You're playing a team twice, which uh, which I guess maybe is a good segue into our high school talk because that's what uh, now that the schedules look like they're pretty much done, um, and that's what a lot of the 
the action's going to be. Uh, two two games against the team in a week. Um, you know what? Do, what do you? I mean, any any di- likes or dislikes with that, or what's what's the? I mean, uh, it's not I the preference, I would coach, imagine. I, I as a coach, I think uh, I think it'll give you some a unique opportunity to try some different things if you want to. I mean, it'll be kind of a little bit of a chess match, right? Because if you're if you're playing local teams and you're playing them twice in one week, do you really want to make all those adjustments when the games don't really count in the standings? So, you know, and you might see that team in the playoffs. So do you want to show your hand too early or do you want to try some new things? It'll be it'll be very interesting to see how coaches play it and see how some of these scores might swing from, uh, you know, from a Tuesday to a Friday you know, and, and how quickly teams can make adjustments or do they, like I said, do they want to make adjustments in that time period? Or do you want to save something for the playoffs when, if they're in sort of your region or cohort, you might see them again for the third time, you know? So um, that, that's kind of the way I'm thinking about it right now is like how much of my hand do I want to show before I get to the, before I get to the playoffs, you know? But then you've also got some, some teams that aren't in your, your division too. So that kind of throws things off a little bit um, for some teams, I think, because you don't have to worry about seeing those teams again. Uh, maybe you do get to try something. Exactly. Yeah. Some, yep. Make make some adjustments. I feel like I feel like for the winter, uh, at least during basketball, um, you know, outside of the games where where you know one team was clearly better, you know, a stronger team than the other. Um, for a lot of those those teams that were closer in talent level, though, I feel like there was a lot of times that that they ended up splitting games. Like you know the team that. That very rarely were there. There's some some uh, you know sweeps, um, you know, amongst teams that were close talent wise. In the fall, I, I'm not so sure. I mean, I think, I mean, I did a lot of field hockey in the fall, and I'm I'm I don't remember too many times that there were you know usually there was one team that picked up a win in both games. But then again, I think there were also less games too. I mean, the short the fall was a a, a much shorter season. Yeah, than it normally, and is, I wonder. So. I wonder a little bit how much that had to do with scouting, you know, in the fall, you could still kind of go and you could be outdoors and you could go and see games or I feel like it was just know. a little I... bit easier to scout in the, in the winter, you know, there were live streaming of games, but I wonder how much of it came down to teams and coaches going into that first game. And maybe you're fairly evenly matched, but you just didn't know about a couple players on the other team. Right. And then yeah. you played them and then all of a sudden you're like, yep, we got a key on that kid. Right. And then all of a sudden you can you can make those adjustments and it swings the balance of the game the other way. I don't know. That that was kind of my theory on that during the winter. But, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I, I know there's people that will make the argument, too, that, well, you know, most of the games were live streamed. So, you know, probably the coaches were were, you know, it may have had an easier time scouting. I don't almost, know. Yeah, almost. I mean, because you can go back and, and, and watch it. Uh... You know, when you're not, well, you're we not... put we put ours on. We put our YouTube games on private, so you couldn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> my basketball coaches made sure that I did oh, that. Boy. So. Oh boy! Oh, jeez. Well, you know, I, I I don't see. I I would like to. Um, any and I, I guess maybe this is a call to to the the people running any live streams out there. I would like to have, uh, you know, maybe by the second week of the season, just a, a spot on the website. Um, you know that that maybe collects all of the live streams like maybe not maybe not to go back and look at but it, but for that day like you know let's say like at noon i can post something that has like okay here's today's live streams uh you know and, and people can kind of instead of you know having to search all over the internet for it it's all in one place i, I that's something I and that's I, I what we did into. that's what we did we just didn't keep them we just didn't keep them accessible after yeah, the games yeah. they were always you could always watch them in the moment but our, but our coaches did not want to give away the scouting <laughs> for free <laughs> so <sighs> 
Even for even for games that that, that didn't count, right? Oh, jeez. You would think. You would think. <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah. So uh, so we did. We had a good look at Division One and Division Two mm-hmm. uh, in the previous weeks, and so I think. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we're going to dive right into Division Three boys this yep. week. We are going to we're going to talk some Division Three boys lacrosse. Um, you know, it's. Uh, I think of the three divisions, this is maybe the one that we're always kind of. I mean, I know Hopkinton's won the last three championships. Um, you know, they've been a, a pretty loaded team the last couple of years, but it always feels like there's a, maybe a little more parity uh, in this division than in, in some of the others. Um, although, <laughs> with 23 teams in, in D2, right, that this year that's uh, probably not going to be the case. You know, there'll be <laughs> maybe a little more parity there. Um, yeah. But but I think I think you know especially this year, um, you know this this is probably the division where I think we're going to see um, losing last year maybe take the greatest effect just because you know some of these are, these are programs at smaller schools they don't always have the same numbers um, don't usually ever have the same numbers as you know a lot of your your D one and maybe even D two programs so I think that's that's going to be where we see some kids maybe. Um, you know, some t- or some teams that maybe the first week or two they're you know maybe struggling a little bit, but by mid-May, you know they've righted the ship and and are are coming on strong as kids get more experience. Yeah, when you and I talked earlier, we talked uh, essentially. You know, there's most most schools have just about every school has two two freshman classes this year, right? You had the right. class that didn't get to play last year, and you have this year's freshman class. So, you know, for the for the bigger schools in in Division One and Division Two, you can kind of absorb that because you usually have stronger senior and junior classes but for especially in division three that can be that can make for a lot of holes and a lot of gaps in your program there and uh again i don't want to i don't want to put anything out before it's confirmed but you and i were talking that we've heard rumblings that there's a few schools that covid may have actually led to them not being able to play this spring and not because they have covid but because the numbers are so low so again that would be disappointing and and tough for the state and tough for the growth of lacrosse there so we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed that that isn't true um, but yeah, we're, we're happy to get back into it and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe start with a, a rundown of, of the teams that are yes, in division, the, uh, in so division three, division three, um, actually, you know, it doesn't look too much different from the last cycle. Um, you know, was, uh, no teams moved up to D two and nobody from D two moved down, but, uh, here we go. Alphabetically, we've got, uh, Bishop Brady, uh, Campbell, Guilford, uh, the one one big change, uh, the addition of Hillsborough Deering. Uh, they'll be a varsity program, boys and girls lacrosse this year, both in Division Three. Uh, Hopkinton, uh, Interlakes, Moultonboro, Kearsarge, Laconia, Lebanon, Milford, Monadnock, Pelham, Plymouth, Stevens, and Trinity. And um, you know why don't we just uh, you know we started the, each of the last two weeks probably with. Uh, with the, the or at least with my favorite going into uh, into the season, um, and uh, why don't we start there? Um, I I would say just looking at, at what some teams have sent in in terms of info and what we kind of know of who's coming back. I'd say going into it, my favorite in Division Three this year has got to be Trinity. So Joe, I like how I like how you're thinking right now, but I, but I I appreciate the fact that you take the target off of the defending champion in Hopkinton <laughs> for the last four years, but you I, put out an I article it, and throw yep. the bullseye right, oh, right back on, on Gary Field again. I really appreciate that, Joe. <laughs> so that was really nice you, of you. You're to do welcome. That. You're welcome. <laughs> so, 
Uh, well, I'm not going to, I won't disrespect coach blue until, until, uh, until someone beats them, they are still my favorites, but I, I agree with you. Let's start, let's start with Trinity. Uh, I do think they, I do think they return some very talented players and have some, have some new players since the last time we've seen them. And I think the other key as we get into it is that they, they've got the key players in, in positions that you really need to have right. in order to make a run at the title. And I think that's why you maybe, maybe chose them as your preseason favorite. I, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, just, just looking at some of these names, they are kids that, um, you know, have been around for a little while. Some, a lot of them have been, a couple of them have been around for a little while. And then there's some that just, you know, we've been hearing about, um, the one that comes to mind is, is, is probably, um, you know, sophomore for, for Trinity Tate Flint, who, you know, was talked about, uh, coming in last year as a freshman and, and obviously didn't get to play. Um, you know, so now as a sophomore, um, you know, we get a, he's improved over the off season. So he's a guy that, um, I think Trinity's going to probably look at to score a lot for him. And, um, you know, if he's as good as advertised and in, in, in division three, I mean, that could be a whole lot. Um, yeah, know? absolutely. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's a very dynamic player. I got the chance. I was the, uh, the younger division under armor coach for new England. And, uh, I remember he, he definitely turned my head at tryouts, as a freshman last summer, um, you know, and he's going to be joined by, by Jack Soha and, and Ethan Flanagan uh, down on attack down there. Um, but the key is going to be able to get the ball, you know, Tate's a big, strong lefty, um, but they got to get, they got to get the ball to him. Um, and, and having Brady Watts at the, at the faceoff X is going to be going to be huge for them. Um, you know, Brady is probably, he, I would say he's probably he's probably the best faceoff guy in the division, and there won't be too many too many teams that'll have someone that can stop him. So, you know, having that, you're going to be able to get the ball in the hands of Tate an awful lot. Um, you know, and also also to have you know, I think at the midfield there, Dylan Brown. Um, you know, when he was uh, when he was a sophomore, I think was he was he an attackman as a sophomore, yeah, but now was, switching over to midi. He was an attackman. Uh, was an all state uh, performer too. Finished in the second team uh, in D three as a sophomore. So uh, he, he's going to be a captain for them uh, this year. So he's, um, you know, a guy that, I mean, that's, again, you, you know, you talk about uh, Watts and, and Brown at, at midfield, um, you know, one who's a, a, a good face-off guy and then one who's a, a senior who's been around and has that experience. Um, I mean, that's, that's a pretty way to go, a good way to start, a good place to start off for them. Yeah. You know, and then and then at the other end of the field, you, you, they're they're pretty well balanced. They've got guys at each spot. They've got Brendan Boss and and Matt Micolette down on defense, um, and they've got you know they've got a nice little goalie battle, and and they return senior Dylan Purdy, and they've got a sophomore Nick Guerra that that'll battle throughout the season there. So again, good problem to have, um, and you know, looking like you said, looking at what other what other coaches have, have sent in and shown us. I do agree that that Trinity's got pretty good depth at, at each position. There are at least some impact players at each position that'll give them a good chance to uh, to make a deep run here. Yeah, they were they were probably a team too. I mean, you know, again, we've got a lot of guys um, that are that are going to be new for them, um, and we mentioned the guys are coming back, but they they were t- another team. I know we talked about a couple last week with um, excuse me, Wyndham and uh, and Winnicott. Um, that we really would have liked to see what they could have done last year, just because of the the what they had returning. And Trinity was one of those teams too. They had a a lot of depth last year. Um, so would have definitely loved to see what they could have done. Um, but I'm I'm pretty excited to to see what the, um, this collection does too. Uh, you know, they've got um, um, Mike Martinez is one of the um, I think one of the better coaches in the division too. Um, 
you know, led them to a, a championship back in 2015. Uh, that was uh, that was a pretty loaded team too. So I think, um, you know, they'll they'll again by the end of the year, I think we'll be uh, we'll be pretty impressed with what they're able to do on the field. Absolutely. No, I think uh, they're they're going to be they're going to be a team to watch throughout the season there and. Um, you know, uh, you know, since we since I kind of brought it up, I think, you know, another team that I would continue to throw in the mix until they get beat would be would be hockey. Oh, absolutely. And, and Coach, yeah. Yeah. Coach Deacon Blue, um, you know, they, they've created a program up there. They've, they've got a good youth youth program and they continue to funnel kids in. Um, you know, I think I think there's some rebuilding to be done. And I think, you know, last year they would have had a chance to mix mix some of those guys in. Um, you know, I, I, they have a new goalie in Eli Standerford, who, who Coach Blue seems pretty high on. Um, you know, it seems like you know he does, does a really good job of quarterbacking the defense. Um, you know, who are, who are some of the other guys that, that you think will possibly stand out for them I on, mean, on offense for, this year? Well, I I, I was actually the, the guy I was going to mention first is is um, their LSM. Um, I mean, Stephen Newton Delgado is and rightfully like, so. You know, we were talking about him before we started recording. He's probably. I mean, he would be my pick for for preseason defensive player of the year. Um, I would have to agree with you. He saw him a little bit in indoor. He's just continued to progress. Um, I want to say he got into a little bit of varsity action as a freshman and, you know, held his own then um, and has just continued to get better. And I'm I'm really excited to see what he's able to do this year. Um, You know, but outside of of him and, and, um, you know, another uh, two-way midi for them, uh, Sam Brown, you know, those those are really kind of the, you know, this is to me, Hopkinton feels a little bit like what we talked about with uh, with Pinkerton two weeks ago with Division one. Like there's a couple of names that you recognize, uh, you know, but but some of the guys that are going to step up and play well for them, we we haven't heard of yet. Uh, we don't really know, you know, um, who those guys are going to be. Uh, Coach Blue gave us a couple of a couple of names. Um, so, you know, uh, some other meetings yeah, for them. I mean, um, Hayden Lynch and, and Aiden Burns. He's you know, said are going to be in the mix too. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, down on attack, I'd say, you know, a kid who played for me in middle school, Spencer Burdett, really proud of the way he he's uh, continued to work and he's become watching him in indoor. He's become a real threat. Um, and along with Ryan Brown. So they've got, they've got two guys down on attack that can, that can stretch the defense a little bit and, uh, you know, take some pressure off of that midfield a little bit there too. So they, they'll definitely, they'll have, they'll have some scoring ability this year. You know, um, it'll probably be, you know, who else can they put out there with, with Delgado and, you know, is Standerford as good as good as Coach Blue advertises, you know, and um, but I expect them to be in the mix, too, just because, you know, you've created that culture and those kids right. know how to win. Yeah. They've been there and they want it. They want to continue that program going forward. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's, um, you know, just the, the job that they've done of, of, you know, reloading, too. I mean, because that. You know, the first team that they had in that championship run was, I, I want to say it was very senior heavy. Um, you know, and they, so they graduated a lot and then came back the next two years and were able to win a lot. And, and a, you know, to, to be fair, a good, good portion of that was, was Colby Quiet scoring, you know, a ton of goals. I think that, what, the last championship game, he had, what, eight uh, in, in the final in, in 2019, I think. So, you know, they definitely had a, a you know, all-state uh player you know caliber player there uh, but they had some good pieces around him uh, but you know they're gonna and I, I have no doubt that they've got some more you know moving up the pipeline yeah yeah so the I the cupboard is far from bare there they will they will continue to be one of the teams to beat this year again um 
to me, you know, I think a team that that's always in the mix that we could we could talk about next is usually in that top four mix is, is Pelham. Yeah, you know, Pelham Pelham's been in the final four consistently, and they they've been in a few championships over the over the years there. And I guess what I like most about them is that they they've got senior leadership. They've got eleven seniors returning um, this year. Some with some with some decent decent um, you know playing experience, and some that'll have to step up and and you know take on leadership roles for the first time there. But you've got a goalie and four defensemen, you know, as a as a solid you know core there. And then, uh, gosh, some of the same names I see I see a uh, a, a, a super knot in there. Uh, I see uh, uh, who else here? Uh, there's, a, there's a Caton on that list. A Caton on that list. Yeah, there there's some names that that I've seen over the years there, even since we've left Division Three, that uh, you know they they. Um, like it's another program that has created a culture of, you know, they know how to get to the final four and they know how to win. Um, so, you know, um, any, any particular, any particular players there that stand out to you that, you know, would, would probably be looking for them that you might key on. Well, you mentioned the the defensive side. I mean, coming back with, uh, you know, with seniors in those positions, we got John Savage at goal, uh, Andrew Butler, Cam, uh, I'm going to try to pronounce this here. Sato Lucito, uh, at Matt Jones and uh, Jimmy Longenfeld on defense. I mean, you know, having seniors in those spots, um, you know, regardless of how much exp- – I mean, you know, they, they've – it's been, you know, two years since maybe they got any high school experience, but you got to imagine those guys are, are, you know, we're doing the things off the field to get themselves ready for this year. Um, so, you know, those, those four, that's a good building block to have. You know, and then having a couple guys back um, at attack, uh, Sean Connors, uh, Cam Hyder, and then you mentioned uh, Josh Supernaut. Um, you know, I mean, I think it, they they seem like you know you mentioned they have eleven seniors this year. Um, you know, it's so it's and it's it's balanced. It's not like they're you know heavy on one end or the other. They it looks like they've got a pretty well balanced team um, that should hit the ground running. I would think. Yeah, and just real in really good depth. I mean, I just look at mm-hmm. I look at the kid. Yeah. You know, every position, multiple players. You know, listed there. Um, you know, it just doesn't seem like they're 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 real thin. You know, I don't know that they have maybe the superstars that they've had in the past, um, but they they may have enough that they can they if they play as a team they can they can sort of you know run teams into the ground um, in that respect. You know, so. it's it's going to be yeah they're 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 not superstars yet. We'll we'll by the end of the year I have a feeling we'll we'll be looking at a couple of those guys as as guys to be talked about on all state teams and and the like. Um, just uh, you know it's it's um, something we'll find out about you know as as we get moving here. I think. Yeah. Um, you know, another team that I, I got to see a lot in indoor this winter that I, I'd like to move on to next mm-hmm. is, is Campbell. Um, I don't know. You got to see them a few times this winter, too. Um, you know, great numbers playing indoor. Uh, they have uh, they, their athletic director, Josh Knight, is coming on as their coach. He would have been their coach last year had the, had the pandemic not hit. Uh, played at Syracuse. Uh, great lacrosse mind. And, um, you know, I think he's going to bring a lot to that program. But I feel like that, that you know Campbell's a Campbell's a program that's kind of been on the cusp that I, I think right. could could make a jump this year. They've they've got guys that can all move the ball. Um, they've got solid athletic defensemen. They've got uh, they've got multiple goaltenders. So again, a team with some depth, and I think they do have a few few superstars there. I mean, I, I think I, I look at Jack Norrie as a really good player. Um, 
a kid, Brendan Boshi, who, who played for me when, when he was younger. Um, so I, I think they've got some guys that, that can definitely put the ball in the back of the net. And um, I, I think if, if teams aren't careful, Campbell could be a team that, that could surprise a lot of teams this year and make a run at that the final four. I was uh, I was gonna say too, like their schedule is pretty interesting. But all of a sudden, my uh, my computer here has decided not to uh, load the Campbell schedule. So I was actually hoping you'd go a little bit, uh, had a little bit more to say there. But <laughs> all right, here we go. Yeah, because I I mean that th- this was you know they're a, they've been a Division three team you know since they uh, they started that program a few you know um, what's well, probably been about five years I would say five or six maybe does that sound right. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember when Coach Beatty moved over there from from uh, Manchester West, but yeah, it's yeah it's been five or six yeah, years. It, um, yeah, so they they actually they open up the year uh, with two games against Hollis Brookline uh, next week. Uh, so that's I mean jumping up and playing. That's right, they're in that they're in that cohort. Right. I forgot. Yep. Uh, so playing yep. a couple games against um, you know against a, a pretty solid D two team, um, that's going to be I think an interesting run. Then they've got a stretch of of six games kind of mid-season there where they play Trinity twice, Pelham twice, and then they play St. Thomas um, twice. So another uh, – another Yeah, what should be another really good uh, D2 team, um, you know, home and away. And I, one of those games is actually a Saturday morning, so, you know, I might have to – I have to put that one down. Oh, no, that's at St. Thomas, so that, eh, maybe that's not as likely. I'll uh, go do that reporting for you. So I'm already <laughs> yeah, out there. All right, good. Uh so I mean, but that's I mean I, I'm I'm intrigued to see what you know what Campbell does in those those first couple games against Hollis Brookline. That first game, um, you know, six o'clock start next Tuesday at Hollis on the new turf. Um, their first game too, her first cross game on that turf. Uh, so that should be a fun one. Uh, first game Very for, nice under the lights. Yeah, yeah, two two new coaches too. You mentioned uh, Coach Knight taking over Campbell, and then uh, and then Dom Saint Laurent taking over at Hollis Brookline. So that's a that's a fun early season game there. Uh, that'll be really good. That'll, that'll test. Uh, yeah. To have to go on the road and play, play a really good Hollis team. Uh, you know, a team that we talked about is, is potentially being making a, a final four and, you know, potentially finals run this year in Hollis. Uh, that's, that's a, yeah, that's a tall task to ask, but I do think that uh, Campbell has enough that they can, um, that, that they can surprise some teams this year. So I'll, I'll be watching that box score. You know, and, and looking too sure. at, at what they've got coming back. I mean, they're a team that, um, you know, might be a little more junior heavy. So they're, you know, whatever they, whatever they're able to do this year is probably just, you know, icing on the cake. You know, for for what should be a good run uh, next year with those kids coming back as seniors. So to transition, you know, I think uh, another team we we'd be remiss if we didn't start talking about would be Laconia. You know, Laconia is another team that perennially finds themselves in the final four and in the finals. Um, I'm trying to remember, did they, when was the last time they were in the finals? It wasn't too long ago. Yeah, I think it was um, the first, uh, they, they played Hopkinton in one of their, one of the finals. I want to say it was the first one, but I'm not a hundred percent on that. And now we're rocking and rolling with the computer here. It's actually working. So I can tell you that it was 20. Yeah. Or actually, no, I'm sorry. In 2016, they uh, they beat Pelham, so they were in the. Okay, that's right. They were. That's in the, what yeah. I thought. Yeah. I, yep. And then they and then in 2018 they lost to Lacone or to Hopkinton in the final. So they yep. they've, so they've been had there a lot of recent times. Success. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
So, you know, I, th- I think with, I think with Laconia, you know, again, it's, it's a, one of those teams that has that culture of, of being able to get, you know, to get where they need to go. And, and they, uh, they have guys that, um, you know, will, uh, will, will know how to know how to play at that level. Um, you know, I think you start with junior, junior goalie, uh, Cam Harriman in there, you know, he's, uh, his brother was an all-state goalie before him, ended up at Liberty university. Um, you know, and they, they've got a senior in Ryan Witten uh on attack who's going to be a very good player for them this year um you know and then they've got you know to to bolster the pipes there they've got uh they've got three defensemen jt aller aller and uh they've got jake mellow and and edgar conroy all all coming back on defense there so they've got good experience on the on the back end of the field there um you know so i i think that alone is going to get allow them to kind of ease into the season a little bit there yeah, you mentioned uh, with Pelham, you know, recognizing a lot of these names too. And unless, unless some of these kids have been around for a long time, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of, you know, you mentioned and mentioned Harriman and Goal, uh, Zach Whitney. I, I feel like that's a yep. know, he's a, a junior uh, LSM coming back, um, and then uh, Cole Roy, uh, junior who plays at midfield and attack, and and uh, you know is uh, is a bit of Laconia's uh, Swiss Army knife. Uh, he, uh, I, you know, another one that's a uh, younger brother of a, of a past Laconia uh, standout player. So, I mean, a couple guys that, um, you know, there's a, a, some good bloodlines there, I guess, in, in uh, Laconia lacrosse. Yep. Grew up in the city. You know, all, all those kids grew up in the system. They watched their older brothers play, and now it's their, and now it's their shot to do it this time. So, um, yeah, you know, Laconia, I think, is another one of those teams in the, in the top six that could definitely make a run towards the finals there. Um, and then, you know, uh, a team that I always respected when we were, we were in division three, always a hard, always a hard out was Plymouth. Um, you know, they just, they constantly have really good athletes coming out. They get a lot of guys, you know, traditionally everybody thinks of Plymouth as a football school, but more and more the, you know, the lacrosse program has grown. Coach Glenn's done a great job of of bringing it along. And, you know, I, I, I never count Plymouth out because they always just have really, really good athletes. Um, so that they're another team they're playing kind of a, uh, a kind of a neat cohort schedule this year where yeah, they're playing, yeah. they're kind of dabbling in between division two and division three. They've got Kingswood, Laconia, Kennett, Guilford, Interlakes, and Lebanon on their schedule of the year this year. So probably playing home and home and home series there with, with those teams, uh, a little Let's 12 see, game uh, schedule there. A true, uh, true regional schedule. Like we were talking about a couple weeks ago, they all they need in there is uh, maybe like Kearsarge or Hanover. And then you really, you really got that lined up. Um, there you go. Yeah, but that's a that yeah that should be a fun schedule too. I mean, because a lot of those you know Kingswood and Kennett, like you said, uh, D two teams, so they're not you know they don't typically play each other. I don't think. So those um you know those are probably you know kids that are familiar with each other a little bit too. Uh, so that should be fun. And uh, yeah, they've got um they got a pretty solid senior class coming back. You know, you mentioned them. You know, certainly being known as a, a football school, and I'm looking at a lot of these names and. Sure enough, uh, I recognize him from uh, from football. You got uh, Cody Bannon, who's uh, in at midfield was their uh, quarterback. You know the last couple of years, um, Trevin Sanborn, uh, the, I believe the football coach's son. Uh, he's at midfield too, and uh, Joe Ambruso at, at or D Ambruso also at midfield. He's another guy. Um, you know, was a standout football player for him. So, yeah, familiar names, tough kids. Um, you know, so it's um, I think it's going to be a pretty solid Plymouth team this year. 
yeah, their goalie, their goalie, Jake Mar- Marco is a, is a junior, um, you know, Gabe Wheeler again on defense, they've got, you know, they, they've got some, they've got a really strong core across the board there. So, you know, you know, they're going to be, they're, they're old, they're an older team. They've got, they've got solid depth that on the, on the offense and defensive end of the field. So again, another team that I would lean towards being one of the top eight teams to, to make the playoffs there. Um, you know, and then I guess I would kind of round out probably, I believe, I believe I'm counting correctly. I'd, I'd kind of round out my top eight with, uh, with Kearsarge. Yeah. Um, I, I, again, a lot of respect for Kearsarge. It's a, it's a program with a lot of tradition. Um, you know, they, again, they've got some, they've got some good returning players at, as seniors there. Um, they've got, they've got six guys returning as seniors uh, scattered throughout the offense and on the defensive side of things. Again, uh, Kyle Garrity as a, as a senior goaltender, um, you know, so, and then they've got some, what I find really interesting is that they, they list some newcomers to the program that might contribute that are also seniors. So it seems, seems like maybe the senior class did a little bit of athlete recruiting and, uh, and got, <laughs> you know, or, got three well, seniors out. Or these were, were soft, sophomores that were on the JV, uh, two years ago, you know, that didn't get varsity action. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I'm 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 interested to see how. Of course, um, you know the last time we saw Kearsarge, um, you know uh, Zach Matthews, who's now at Bedford, was the uh, you know coach in Bedford football was the the head coach up there, and uh, Tucker Johnson uh, was going to be the head coach or or you know was hired to be the head coach last year, so he's a uh, a second year first head year head coach. I don't know how you, I don't know how you would refer to that. <laughs> Uh, but he's also brought back um, a former coach at, at Kearsarge and uh, Mike uh, Heffernan, um, you know, so kind of some new blood, some old blood there. And, um, you know, got to be a good combination for these kids. And like you said, they've got a lot of seniors that are going to contribute, whether they're experienced kids or, or new kids. So, um, yeah, I think they could maybe be a bit of a surprise team. You know, he also mentions that, um, you know, they've got a pretty good freshman sophomore class. I think uh, about 16 of them combined. Um, you know, and, and this is probably the year, probably a good year to have, you know, that kind of numbers in the lower classes. Cause you're going to get them a lot of, uh, a lot of playing time, I would think, um, you know, in varsity situations. Well, and as we talked about too, you know, with, with the, uh, with, with the added ability that, you know, these games, like, like we thought we're all competitors, we want to win these games, but the, the fact that, you know, you're really just building towards to be your best in June is going to give, give some of these teams opportunities with, you know, two, <laughs> essentially two freshman classes, yeah, time to, yeah. time to catch up and, and try some things and uh, try some people at different positions. Yeah. Any, um, I, we, you, know, you mentioned those being kind of our, uh, maybe our, our, our top eight ish uh, for the division. Of course, in normal years, that would be, that would be your playoffs uh, would be the top eight. Um, this year, everybody's going to be in the playoffs. So uh, yeah, with the open turn, with the yeah, open turn, yeah. really good. Um, you know, I think there's some teams. You know, we 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 don't have much information on Monadnock. You know, again, a team that you know, kind of kind of. Uh, well, they they are out there. They are. They're they're pretty close. They're pretty close <laughs> pretty, to Vermont. Yeah, but yeah. you know, so we don't get a chance to see them a lot in terms of their their players playing indoor or on travel teams or things like that. But you know, a team that has consistently over the years you know, been a playoff team, made final four runs, been in the finals. So I'll, I'll be interested to kind of see, see them this year. Um, you know, another team that uh, in years past had consistently been putting a lot of players and teams into our, our indoor league uh, in the winter is Milford. And I know they usually have really good numbers. 
I don't know what their numbers are like this year. And I haven't gotten a chance to really see, see their players in action. So, you know, um, I'll be interested to kind of see what, what coach Erda has there this year and how, and how those guys do. Um, have you heard anything about Milford? I have not, I've not heard much uh, or anything with, um, with Milford for this year. Yeah. You know, and then, um, you know, another team, you know, up, up in the Hanover region up there in Lebanon, right across, right across the road. Um, you know, they're, they're a team that over the years has, has had some success, but has been up and down a little bit. Um, you know, I think they, they listed a few players, you know, uh, Griffin Ouch at attack and Noah Mikas at midfield. And then they've got a, a, a transfer coming in and Alistair uh, McPhail at the midfield. So, you know, they've got, they've got a few guys to look out for there. So, you know, again, that'll be interesting to kind of see what, what Lebanon does. I haven't seen their schedule yet. I'm not sure where, you know, are they playing in that sort of Northern cohort? Are they playing Hanover and some of those teams? Um, so it'd be kind of interesting to see their scores this year too. If we can, if we can find them, we're hoping that people are going to send them to you, right, Joe? <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's always the goal is to get as many people sending in scores as possible. Uh, I did post that on Twitter today that there is actually a, a, a link on the website where you can submit results. Uh, if you, you go to, uh, the top of the homepage, of course, now I'm not going to remember what it says there. Um, yeah, you go to the probably, top of the fairly page. Easy to, fairly easy to find. Though, where it says contact. Yep, where it says contact, there's a drop down there. It says submit game results. Uh, but that link is also on Twitter. So it's, uh, you know, maybe maybe I should pin that tweet to the top of my uh, my my feed there so that if people need it, uh, need to find it pretty easily, they, they are able to find it as uh, um, without having to search too hard for it. Um, you know, one other um, note I would, or one other thing we I think we should mentioned about the division too um we're not too sure what's what the situation is with with bishop brady um they know they were um they had posted they were looking for a new boys coach and sadly their um their coach uh jeff kaplan uh passed away in january from uh, from covid um so they unfortunately are going to be having a new coach uh really sad news to hear about that he was a well-loved uh teacher at brady i believe he coached at franklin uh some other sports at franklin for a time um I unfortunately didn't have too much interaction with him because um, I think he had he hadn't been at Bishop Brady for lacrosse too too long, uh, so we had just exta- exchanged uh, emails a, a few times. So uh, pretty sad news out of there, and hopefully there, uh, you know, they were able to find someone to coach them and and are able to kind of play for him this year. Yeah, obviously very very sad news there, and and you know a program that again has had had some success over the years and and made the playoffs, um, but. You know, we, we wish them the best and hope uh, hope they do have a, uh, a new coach really soon. And, um, you know, looking forward to seeing them out on the field this year. Um, you know, another we, we touched on it in the beginning, another program, uh, new program, new coach, uh, but but a coach that's been in the area for a while, Absolutely, Coach yeah. Howie Rover, uh, Hillsborough Deering. So a new program there. I'll be interested to kind of see, you know, they I'm trying to remember they were, I know they were supposed to be a JV program last year. And I think they, they were, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Were they, a, were they a JV program in 2019? Did I th- they get, I think that they were, I think that they've, I think they've had a JV program for a couple of years. Um, I may be wrong about that, but um, I feel like I've seen that, you know, coming down the line. I remember, mm-hmm. I do remember seeing on, um, you know, the, the, bulletin board there on the NHIA's website um, that they were looking for coaches um, a couple of years ago and I just I can't remember what year that was um, 
at this point. Um, but they've had a yeah, they've been this has kind of been in the works for a little while. Um, glad to see it, you know, coming to uh, to fruition this year with them joining uh, the varsity ranks, and, and kind of interested to see what happens there. They've, you know, it's a I, for me, it's a school that I I haven't seen too much of, with the exception of maybe football, because they co-op with with Hopkinton uh, in football, and I know um, that team usually has some pretty good athletes. I don't know what the breakdown is there in terms of um, you know Hopkinton kids, Hillsboro Daring kids. Uh, so it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting to see. The, uh, I should mention, by the way, the program is so new. Uh, I was trying to find their schedule on the Hillsboro Deering website, and uh, boys lacrosse is not even listed yet under uh, under boys sports offered at the school. Well, we got to uh, get that fixed. <laughs> uh, you know, Joe, and, and then another program that, you know, when we were in Division Three, that always was a hard out for us in a team that was perennially uh, a playoff team was, was Guilford. Um, you know, I don't have a lot of information on them, but they're, they're they were a program that uh, and still are of, of really good athletes. They'll probably be playing in that Lakes region cohort up there. Um, you know, and then another team that that we've talked about and another fairly new team in Interlakes Moultonboro that that found some uh, found some success early. Um, you know, they will will they be will they be able to continue their their uh, their transition towards becoming a, a regular playoff contributor? Um, and then the final team that we really haven't talked about too much is Stevens. You know, it's a, it's a program that geographically is a little bit isolated, um, has had trouble, you know, you know, finding sustained success over the years. And, um, you know, I, I don't have a lot of information on them too. And I haven't really heard much about their schedule. Um, so same, you know, I would just say that's kind of the from unless I'm missing anything, that's kind of the way that's kind of the way I would see Division three shaking out there. We kind of talked about our top eight and then sort of some of the other schools that we're interested to kind of see what they what they have and if they can break into that top eight, yeah. even though everybody makes the playoffs this year. Yeah, um, I think it's definitely, um, you know, it's without saying it, it's going to be fantastic to be out out there and, and covering these games and play and, you know, for for you coaching in these games and for the kids playing in them. Um, you know, just really looking forward to, you know, another another spring. Um, you know, just last year was so devastating in so many different ways. Um, I think it's just going to be so much fun to be back out there uh, and get these games going next Monday. Um, yeah. Any uh, any any other thoughts on um, just the what's what's been going on, getting ready for this? I mean, is there any any other you know? tidbits or or things that you've heard um going on uh as we get as we get ready for next week no i think uh i've basically just been here you know things have been going really well at the majority of the schools that are that have been out playing um you know i think knock on wood things have been going really well with the safety protocols and everything like that um and and i think uh i think all the coaches and and you know players have been doing a really good job um, we do have to, we do have to remain vigilant, but, um, I'm, I'm really optimistic about the way this spring is going to go. And, uh, I caught my kids today. It, it was a little warm. It was a little warm out actually, <laughs> but, uh, I, I caught them, I caught them complaining a little bit and I just turned around oh, and I boy. said, don't you dare, <laughs> like, don't, don't even do it. We're out here. Uh, the sun's out. We're on the turf. We're playing lacrosse. Like just enjoy it. So, uh, that's, that's when you make them do laps. Oh, it's that hot. You better, you better go run. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's been, it, it, I can, it, there's been some, some, uh, maybe a little bit of anxiety on my end. Um, you know, just, of course we've, you know, cases 
seem to be going kind of all over the place in the state up a couple days and then maybe down a day or two. Um, so yeah, definitely want to make sure, you know, you're, you're not letting up yet. I know we're getting real close to, uh, to the finish line with, with this thing, hopefully, um, or at least it feels that way. Um, but we're not quite there yet. And I definitely, I, you know, I, I, you know, know you feel the same way. I, I want there to be a full spring season. Uh, yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah. For everyone. I just think, yeah. I, I, I still think we're in, I still think we're in good shape as long as people are doing what they're supposed to be doing. If you look at a lot of the cases, they also tend to be in hotbeds of, uh, college towns, you know, yeah. in New Hampshire where, you know, some of those, you know, we probably had some, probably had some students traveling away for spring break and maybe weren't as responsible as they should have been. And so I think that's, I think that's driving a lot of cases here, but, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll keep going so far. So good. All right. Well, I think that'll pretty much wrap it up for, for this week. Um, of course, next week we're, um, we're going to do our, uh, a girls preview. Um, we'll talk a little bit about some of the early games, um, from the beginning of the week. Uh, we'll give a rundown of our, uh, some college highlights as well. And, um, you know what I think? Um, I think th- what we're going to start doing next week too, or at least what I'm going to start doing is uh, we'll go over my uh, my top ten uh, in the state. Uh, of course, we are bringing back the uh, the coaches poll um, starting next week. Monday, you'll you'll see the preseason poll up on the site, and then uh, every Monday uh, after that for the rest of the season. And uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna put my uh, put my picks out there on the line and and. You know, feel free to, uh, of course, rip them apart on uh, social media or in emails. You know, if we get good emails, we'll read them off on, on here. So, um, yeah, I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. You've been you've been pretty spot on with your picks over the years. You've been pretty close. You've been pretty close. I, I mean, I like li- I like to think I'm I'm tapped in uh, at least a little bit. Um, you know, I, I may just get lucky, but you know, there's nothing wrong with that, right? <laughs> Better to be lucky than good. That's, right? that's true. Very very true. All right, he is uh, Dairy Field AD and boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. Chris, thanks again for, for joining me this week. So we'll do it again next week. Looking forward to uh, talking about some, some actual high school lacrosse being played. Absolutely. Can't wait. Uh, I am Joe Marcellina. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.